Hello and welcome to this week's Even Flamingos Lose Their Pink. <laughs> I'm that tired, I forgot what my podcast was called just then. <laughs> oh, what a week. So I'm not um, I'm not doing what I said I was going to do. You might have to get used to that if you listen to this. I Melissa isn't with me here in my little office. Just uh, Pikachu and Splinter, the two chinchillas. Bruce isn't with us either. You've just got a dulcet tones of me this week. So, um... Firstly, we'll do the fact of the week, which probably fits in quite well, actually, now. Flamingo chicks hatch with a grey-white downy feathers, and they have straight bills, so their beaks aren't curved. It takes several years for them to get their pink look and hook-shaped bills, so they aren't born like that. They're born like looking relatively like normal-looking birds with a straight beak and white, and they develop their unique pink and... Um, hooked bill over time so there's your fact of the week i might run out of these soon actually i might have to try and find some more um and then secondly what have we been up to this week so um on a happy note i finish off painting my um beehive today so i've done the base coat now so i can decorate it and i've booked my beekeeping course and what has taken up the majority of my time from the last time I did my podcast was um, Magnus became extremely poorly after we'd finished recording. So we picked him up from nursery and he hadn't eaten or drank all day. Um, he'd only had oh, four ounces in about 36 hours come the evening time. Sorry, I just thwacked the desk. Yeah, he'd only had about four ounces in um, about 36 hours. When we picked him up, he just wasn't eating or drinking. He was extremely tired and lethargic. Quite difficult to wake up. And then um, all of a sudden, he developed this swelling on the side of his head. It was there. It wasn't there one hour. And the next hour, this big lump behind the back of his ear had just... It was like I'd been out to... um, a safety social that Melissa does, which she'll talk about when she comes on, to talk about coaching and this podcast to people that were there. And when I came back, um, his ear is just, it's just out of nowhere and he was asleep and he was really hard to wake up. So we took him to our local A&E who very quickly saw him and um, I overheard them chatting and they were querying if he had sepsis or not, which is always quite scary because... Having knowledge in medical land, when you hear someone saying sepsis, you know it's quite bad. So sepsis is an infection uh, that runs sort of throughout you. That can be quite fatal if not um, treated very quickly. Plus he'd not very drank, not very drank, he'd not drank very much. Again, if my words are everywhere, it's because I'm absolutely fooked. The, um, yeah, so they were... So they were. They looked him over. They got the ear, nose, and throat doctors down straight away to see him because of this swelling behind his ear, and they informed us that he'd had. They think he had mastoiditis, which is um, an inflammation, an infection of your mastoid bone, which is behind your ear, the bit that doesn't have any hair on it. Um, that's your mastoid bone, and um, the way that the ENT explained it to us was that bone should be a bit like a honeycomb structure you should be allowed to sort of let air and things through it in not air but it should it shouldn't be solid um and what happens is it gets solid because it's full of infection the middle ear infection spreads out and spreads out into the bone 
So after two GPs saying that there was nothing wrong with Magnus, it was just a site virus and they had to get over it, turns out he had an ear infection. So um, off we pop to Manchester Children's Hospital because of how poorly he was with the not eating and drinking and the infection. And we get to Manchester Children's Hospital and they were quite worried about him there. He was seen... They were, they were just, they were fantastic. I mean, everyone that we saw was fantastic and kind and wonderful. And um, it it was awful, though. Bruce stayed with him while I came home to get some stuff because I would have, I was the one going to be staying in with him if he got admitted. So Bruce stayed with him and he was extremely dehydrated and floppy. There was nothing from him. He was just asleep. They couldn't really wake him up. Even when they took him for his CT, it was just not, he just wasn't having it. They were giving him fluids and things, but it just it, it takes its time to get through into the body and, and waking up. And in the meantime, the side of his face is swelling up. So they scanned him and there was an abscess in the head and it needed surgery um, and a mastoidectomy, if I remember rightly, um, which is just basically they drill into the bone and take a bit of the bone out and drain it. So, yeah, we were, took him down for theatre and he did really well in the op. Um, however... He didn't recover very well from the op at the time. He, um, They couldn't get his oxygen levels up. They didn't realise how much congestion he had from the cold, sort of in his nasal airways. So when they tried to take the little tube out of his throat to help him breathe, the one that they put down when they have the operation, his little lungs didn't like it. And he kept... Um, he kept losing his oxygen. He just kept dropping oxygen and they couldn't get it back up. And his his operation was only meant to be for an hour. And they came to see me three hours after me taking him down. And let me tell you, there is nothing more scary than you sitting there. And three lovely doctors turn up and shut the curtain around you and start with, the operation went really well. And... <laughs> You just sat there going, where's my baby? Where's my baby? Where's my baby? And um, and they were like, oh no, he's fine. He's fine. He's fine. He's fine now. He's fine now. And I'm like, okay, what happened to him? <laughs> Where is he? So they explained it. They were fantastic. They were lovely. They were really good. So the reason they, they kept him in there for a while was they weren't too sure whether or not they were going to keep the tube down his throat and um, keep him intubated to the tube down his throat so they breathe for him or they were going to take the tube out and put him on these um, this thing called high flow oxygen which is like two little it's like a well it's the best way to describe it is two prongs in the nose that deliver very high oxygen um and it has to be delivered that can only be delivered on high dependency or, or tube down the throat and stay asleep is intensive care so they didn't want to come and tell us what was going on because they didn't know the plan because they didn't know how he was going to respond fortunately everything they gave him relieved him and they were able to wake him up and put him on the oxygen so he went to HTU for a night again staff just marvellous aren't they they're just I know I'm biased because I work in the NHS but when you actually have to sit and be part of it as a relative or a a patient, you sit back in awe at watching them, what they do. And this, I, I can't imagine the ENT team from Manchester Children's Hospital listening to this, but what a fucking marvellous group of humans they are. I can't even tell you how fantastic. I, I, I mean, I'm sure they're all fantastic, but 
the interactions we had with that team, the doctors and the ACPs, the advanced clinical practitioners, I just, I can't even, I couldn't, I still can't thank them enough. It just, it, they were just so kind and so caring and just wonderful and listened to me and watched me cry and gave me a hug and just were like, just were normal humans with another normal human that was panicking over everything that was being told. Um, So, yeah, I went to HCU and then came back to the ward and did really well. He was fine. Like, kids bounce. They're designed to bounce, aren't they? So by Tuesday, they could take the drain out the side of his head um, I mean, I mean, he's super cute anyway, Magnus, but he looks even more cute because he's got one sticky out here, so like one side elfish, one side Magnus. Um, so he's got this like, he looks like he's playing rugby already because he's got this cauliflower here that's like sticking out the side of his head, so his face looks wonky. Um, but it's getting better, it's getting there, and he's like, he wouldn't even think he was sick, but oh my God, I have had the least sleep I have ever had and the most stress I think I've ever I never want to I never want to do that again ever I never want to do that for as long as I live that was horrendous but then when I was sat looking around the hospital and looking around the ward and and the people in you know HCU around us there are there are parents that go through that like every day there are long stay patients on that ward that are there on the wards, not just that ward, but on that. And then you're walking past kids who have, you know, they're wearing bandanas um, because potentially they've got no hair under there because they have the cancer clinics. And I'm just, it's this tiny, tiny little babies on there crying. And it's, it's heartbreaking to watch you. You're worrying about your own child and then you're watching all these other things happen around you as well. And it's just, it made me think about... Um, resilience and the so what we're going to talk about today is resilience and you know how actually having resilience can help you maintain your pink but actually if you don't have resilience or you don't know how to be as resilient or you you don't get it then how you can lose your pink because you're just not able to have that or you you know you just don't have that skill set in your toolbox So resilience in the dictionary is defined as the capacity to withstand or to recover quickly from difficulties, basically how tough you are in a situation. There's loads of research and literature out there about um, psychological resilience and and how to be resilient and what resilient is. And I found this um, sort of on a a psychological website, psychological, psychology website about... um, sort of the characteristics of how to be resilient. So they say there's sort of three factors that the class is essential to resilience. This is Bonniewell and Turinifu. I can't, sorry, I've just butchered that person's name. I will reference it in the show notes so you can see. Um, So recovery, so returning to the normality or uh, the pre-stressor to a normal functioning. Resistance, so like limited or no signs of disturbance following the stressor. Reconfiguration. So returning to a different homeostasis and find a new stability according to the changing circumstances, uh, which is this very posh way of saying basically um, change and adapt, isn't it? <laughs> I'm 
change and adapt. So, but, you know, can you recover from the um, stress that you've had? Do you show any uh, signs of disturbance or stress? So are you resistant to the stressor that you've had? And are you able to change and adapt? Now, they're, they're three quite, you know, they're quite three hard things to do by themselves, aren't they? <laughs> Put them all together in one situation when you're going through an episode of extreme stress or pressure in your life, then you kind of think, oh my God. Uh, so I guess the question to you, the first question of the podcast is, um, are you resilient? Do you see yourself as being resilient? Have you got any examples of when you were resilient? Or someone around you and you think, oh, they're, they're really, re- I'm sorry, I've said that word so many times, they're resilient. I, I've got, uh, I've, uh, I've got a bit of a bugbear about people saying or commenting about how resilient somebody is because it is so subjective resilience so my level of my level of stress on a day-to-day basis may be something extremely different to yours and I might be able to have the ability to bounce back because I've been in a similar situation before or you know I've, I've I've got a good support network around me, but you you might go through exactly the same thing as me and not be able to bounce back because you don't have a support system because you um, uh, have already a sort of suffering with anxiety or depression or have a, um, some other mental health um, condition. Maybe you've got a physical health condition that you aren't able to bounce back from you know it's there are there are so many factors in someone saying oh well you're not as resilient as jeff over there in the corner jeff's so resilient he's been through exactly the same thing as you why aren't you responding exactly the same way and i think that's sometimes where the danger lies when you compare yourself to somebody else you don't know what's happening behind the scenes there so you don't know what's going on and that's it comes again with like social media and you know you if we're talking about if we're talking about parenting, you don't know the home situations of everybody. So, on social media, you may see all again. We've talked about this before, haven't we? You might see all the lovely, aesthetically pleasing houses. Everything's perfect. Everything's there, and everyone looks really, really happy. But and then you look at it thinking, I'm not like that. I've, I've got only got one kid, and they've got five. And how are they managing this? And blah blah blah. But they're only letting you see what they're letting you see. You have no idea if they are actually resilient or if they're just putting on a facade to show for social media and for what's out there because you don't want to be seen to be not resilient because when you bounce back you don't have to bounce back by yourself you can ask for help you can ask for support it's and which is difficult to do in in the you know in the first circumstances so um yeah and i think in organizations as well in in certain workplaces the people say oh you need to be more resilient you need to be better at that and you need to just be stressing less and you're like oh right oh okay all right there Dave I didn't think about stressing less I mean that's like telling an overthinker to stop thinking isn't it just 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 don't think too much oh yeah because I've not not thought of that I've not thought of that before Margaret I've not that's not something that's popped into me I'm just I'll just stop overthinking that or you know when someone's got anxiety and they're like could you just stop worrying you're like (laughs) better yeah just stop worrying I'll do that now thanks for that love I've uh I've not thought of that before because 
what I'll do is I'll just stop worrying and then I'll be more resilient. Thanks. I'm, I'm cured. I'm, look at that. Look how resilient I am now. I can, I've got the power to cope and bounce back. So I think of myself as quite a resilient person. There are certain things that have happened to me throughout the histories of time that I have managed to, in one way, shape or another. So if we look at the three things again, so I have managed to recover return to a normality <laughs> when we say normality I return to some degree of functioning like I did before the stressor um limited or no signs of disturbance I yeah I, you know I was quite resistant to it you know you do that sort of if I use a swan analogy again on the outside I look all right but underneath I'm pedaling furiously to get through it but wouldn't let anybody know and then I've um returned back to either what I was doing before or I've adapted and changed and moved on and got on with it so I find myself I think of myself as being a resilient person my ass Bruce is before and um his answer was well you're still here aren't you <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing an answer to the question but yeah I am still here. I'm still the real, and there's a couple of ways to look at that, isn't it? I'm still physically here after everything that has happened to me. And I don't mean sort of just Magnus. I mean through my times of my life where I've been unwell with my mental health, or there's been something happen, a relationship breakdown, or something like that. I've just I've bounced back, I've sorted stuff out, and I've adapted and continued because there was no other choice. So. You know, and I think Bruce is an extremely resilient person. Um, He's been through some things in his life too and he manages to adapt and overcome. He doesn't like change, so he hates change. He's not very good at it. But he gets there in the end. His own way. You have to let him get through his own way and I've learned that. Can't tell him what to do. Um, That's drama triangle, but we'll come on to that a different day. That's an interesting one too. The um, Yeah, so I see myself as... A resilient person but and I, and I think with this like thing with Magnus being so poorly it's it, it you wonder don't you how you're going to get through it and I don't know if any if I don't know if you have ever had a loved one or you know a child or you know a, a relative has been poorly and you're sitting there and you're thinking oh god how am I going to get through this 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 is awful this is awful and then then you do you do you get through it and it's the same for like work though isn't it too and you have days of days of constant stress just constant you get battered from all angles and I think that I'm very of the notion that if you've got like a stressful job if you've got a stressful job and your home life isn't stressful then you're able to have that place to bounce back to recover to process what the change is and, and what that looks like and vice versa you know if your home life is extremely stressful but your work is nowhere near as stressful you go to work for a rest don't you which always makes me laugh because I mean I used to go to work for a rest um when my life was a bit to shit uh probably it's the other way around my both I actually managed to do I say that I'm on maternity leave I don't know let's find out when I go back in four weeks but the um but I think if both them things are out of kilter you 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 have a you have a lacking in resilience, don't you? Because you have a lack of bouncing back. Because you have to just bounce back from both sides. So there's um six. So there was a, when I was reading, there was like the same person who I butchered the name of and Neenan, um 
suggests there are six signs of resilience in life and that the resilience research recognises each of the following as both facilitators and indicators of resilience in individuals. So these are your tick, tick, tick items. So I've asked the question, are you resilient? And if you are a bit like, oh, I don't, I don't know, am, am I resilient? I'm not sure I am. Here's a, here's a checklist for you. So let's tick them off as we go. So number one, reframing. So reframing the problem. Can you look at it from a different situation? Can you give yourself more of a, um, a different perspective of where that might be coming from? Can you um, think about how somebody else might deal with that? So are you able to reframe the problem in front of you to make it look a bit different? That's number two. So, So can you do that? Number one, sorry. Number two is Use the power of positive emotions. So glass half full. So what they say there is that these feelings broaden our thinking and enable us to overcome the situation by thinking with alternative strategies and becoming more problem solving. So instead of being sort of stuck in a pessimistic state, like, oh, this is it. This is my life forever. This is how it's going to be. I can't. You go, actually, okay, this is now. Um... My, and it will pass and and I'm to be able to help it pass I'm going to come up with these um certain solutions and and how we can think creatively to get through it so that's number two number three do you participate in physical activities we go back to last week and exercise and how exercise can help boost your mental health and apparently resilience too so do are you active do you manage to get out and do something and therefore reduce the stress or stressor, the stress that you're having that's causing you to lack resilience. Number four, do you on, do you have ongoing active engagement in trusted social networks? So that's a very long way of saying, do you have a, do you have a support group you can chat to? Is there a WhatsApp group on your phone that you wouldn't let your partner read? Is not because it's anything like well, it's probably about them, but is there is there a WhatsApp group that you or a or a chat with a friend that you think, God, I hope no one ever goes through that because that's where everything's in there, you know. Is there a, is there somewhere where you go like once a week to go and speak to your family about something? Do you have somewhere to go? someone to go to you know family friends is it like a book club that you go to where you can vent is it something that where you can go and basically have that support from people that you trust you know it can be people in work as well it doesn't you know you know you can trust your colleagues can't you um so you know and family members so you do you just feel less isolated in the situation that you're going through you can go and talk to them you don't necessarily need to give you any solutions but it's somewhere to go and offload Number five, can you um, identify and use signature strengths? So what that means is, are you able to engage in your strengths that make you feel more authentic? Can you do stuff for you that makes you feel more like you and empowers you? So um, uh, do you like drawing? Can you can you go and do, you know, are you able to debate the topic or do something like that? Have you got a signature strength of your own 
So if you've not got a significant strength of your own, can you identify a significant strength of your own? If that's you sat there thinking there, what is the, what is your strength? Because you've got one. Everyone's got a strength. Every, I mean, I bet if I asked you to list your weaknesses, you could ream them off like blah, 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 blah. But if I said to you, right, if you've not got anything there for number five, identify your strength and use that to help boost yourself. If I said to you now, after this podcast, one of your things to go and do is write five strengths about yourself that you could use to help you get over that. Could you do that? Could you think of that thing? And and I'm pretty certain you could. It just might take a little bit longer because we don't like tooting our own horn, do we, to ourselves? It's not the thing we do. We're quite happy to chastise ourselves, but we'll not toot our own horn. So, yeah. Can you have you got any strength to engage in? And six is optimism regarding the future. So looking towards the future with optimism can help us recognise that setbacks are usually temporarily unsurmountable. So you know, they they'll just go away, won't they? Which help us feeling more hopeful. So optimism and hope is is a helper for um being resilient. Because if you can see that this too shall pass, in the words of a great warlock, that um, you, you can, you, you, you know you're in it temporarily, it's not going to be there forever, at some point this will end, whether it's, you know, ill health, whether it's uh, finance, whether it's someone's just a bit of an arse, <laughs> someone is just a bit of an arse, and they're causing you extreme stress, but it'll, 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 um, It'll go away in the end, won't it? So if you are able to have, if you've ticked all six of those, well done. You are resilient, according to these uh, researchers. So fantastic. Yeah, you probably don't need to carry on listening. Actually, if you've got all six of them, you can just switch off now and, you know, come back next week. But, you know, please don't. Please stay where you are. Don't go anywhere just yet because I've not finished chatting shit just yet. So I guess we can ask the why question now. Why is resilience so useful? Why is it useful to be like that? So stress over time can have a quite significant damage um, to your physical, psychological and emotional health. And if we go through undue stress continuously and aren't able to bounce back from it using resilience, then it can really affect your life in so many ways. And I'm pretty certain everyone listening has been through some form of stress in their life and can see how it impacted so being able to have psychological resilience can protect an individuals from stress because it can boost their ability to have self-control and um, a control sense of their lives because if you know that you what you're going through is temporary and that you can bounce back it reduces all of those feelings because you feel like you're not losing control that you're still in even though you've had these um stresses on your life you still feel in control because you can control how you are in regards to the outside impact of what's happening so we've looked at what is resilience and we've looked at why resilience helps um i suppose it's the other bit is is how to be resilient isn't it there's the other bit of how how do i have how do i do this <laughs> and uh, i've been reading what the research says um about how to be a resilient person, resilience training. They do they offer that. They used to offer that in work. Um, going resilience courses, 
<sighs> so what, what's really funny though is when I've been reading through it, it's basically like I was saying before about, like, you know, just stop worrying and uh, stop overthinking. A lot of them are like, be optimistic. And I guess if you're not an optimistic person, you are an optimistic person and you're not, aren't you really? You, that's how you... Can you change if you're optimistic or pessimistic? Do you have a default that you naturally go to and sway to to be pessimistic? Or is pessimistic realistic? Which, you know, where do you sit in that category? I suppose that's another topic for another show is can you stop being pessimistic? Can can you just be optimistic? Can you change that personality trait? I suppose, I suppose you can because... You know, it says on the internet, so you must be able to. Um, but yeah, so they say stuff like, be optimistic, don't think the worst, um, which is really, face your fears, which is really easy to do, isn't it? That It's easy to say. Have a moral compass. That's a good one, isn't it? Have a moral compass. So I do sometimes think when I read some of the literature that I'm going through about sort of like how to do this and, and what is... I just think, God, do you live in the real world? <laughs> That's me. Is that is that pessimism? Is that not me? Is that realistic or pessimism? You you decide. I mean, there are some really good. Um, there's one on the NHS website that um, is it's quite it's written quite well actually because some of them are like on the like other websites it's like it is like be optimistic, think more positive, um, be more hopeful. And they're really handy, aren't they, to kind of say out loud, but actually, how do I be more optimistic? How do I be more hopeful if you aren't that way inclined? So on the NHS website on um, Every Mind Matters, this is based on um, CBT techniques, so it's cognitive behavioural therapy techniques. They do about sort of how to, they've got like six tips that'll get you started. So they say, start with what you're good at. So we said that before, didn't we? In, in those um, in those topics we talked about, people that are resilient are able to look at their strengths and pick a strength and have a look at that and, and why they're good at that. So it says here, to be able to be more resilient, start with what you're good at. Think about something you're good at. Help you recognise skills and abilities so that you can see you've got good attributes um if you struggle to find what your strengths are it suggests they're sort of like maybe look at what part of your day is easier than others and then kind of go well why is that easy you know um I don't know it's, it's dead easy to get the kids out to school um well why is that well I'm really organized I do everything I like before okay so that's a strength you're organized you know how to plan and you can do that fantastic that's your strength which will help you along the line so then there's a um, next step two is think about difficulties that you've overcome. So everything, even you're good at stuff, can come with difficulties. Everyone has been through, I'd like everyone's been through some form of difficulty in their life. And again, it's subjective because um, someone's difficulty might be when the pandemic happened and we ran out of loo roll. That was the worst thing that ever happened to them because they couldn't get any little. But that, that was a difficult time. You need to wipe your bum. You need to wipe your bum, don't you? That was a difficult situation. Everyone's stockpiling toilet rolls. Oh god. So, you know, we all we all went through a difficult time. We all went through bloody COVID, didn't we? We all went through lockdowns. How did you overcome that? <laughs> How did that not traumatize us all? 
Um, so it says, I think about the difficulties you've overcome and um, take the activity or trait from step one and see if you can remember times are harder that needed that approach to help you get through it. So, sorry, I'm gone. All right, we're back. So, step three. See how you can apply this elsewhere. So, those positive traits you've got, how could you use them elsewhere to help you overcome things? So, um, how do you, what are your strengths and how can you use them? And then every time you think of a a challenge, so say, say we'll we'll take being organised as one. So, say you're about to have something happen to you or something's happened to you unexpectedly what are you really good at you're really good at organizing okay so that's unexpected happen but what can you organize around that what can you do now to gain control of your life control of the situation right okay well i can i can organize um i can organize my food i can organize my work plan i'll have to just move them things around there and do this there but we're fine and we'll get through that Number four on this says, find an image or a metaphor to help you in difficult times. And I quite like this one because I I love a good metaphor. I love a good analogy because sometimes I think it helps explain the situation. It does to me anyway, because that's how I think. So what they're saying there is um, change the way you think about a situation and how it feels. So their example is a DJ. So a DJ can play some music and it can be all right and he can read the room and it can be a bit pants and no one's really dancing and he can literally change the track and make the whole room dance. He's probably got that one track in his arsenal that'll just get everyone up and going. So think of your life like that. Think of the situation along those lines. So you're the DJ. Um, It's all going a bit to shit. So I'm just going to change the track and lift the mood and change it around. So, I mean, I quite like that one. I think that's quite a good one. It's quite a, it's quite an upbeat and optimistic one to see. Optimism. So number five is take some time to plan ahead. Um, I think this is a really good one because sometimes I think when you're feeling overwhelmed, you, you thought, so just I don't know about you, but you thought you, your brain is just full. And sometimes when your brain is full, you can't process what you've got to do. So you just feel like you're going to shut down and not do any of it because everything's too difficult to do. So to be resilient, they're saying take time to plan ahead. So this goes back to um, that take five minutes to yourself that I think I mentioned in episode one, I think it was. Um, so take five minutes to sit in a quiet place and problem solve. So... They've given, there's three points here and I, I really like these questions to ask yourself because these are the type of things that I'd ask in someone in coaching but I'd ask like you so I'll, I'll ask you so what are the issues you're facing so what what what's going on what actions do you need to take first so prioritize what's your priorities in in those issues which strategies have you used in the past that can help now so how have you gone about difficult situations and what have you done to get past them and is there a way of looking at this situation differently so can you reframe it can you spin it round on its axis can you see it from a different point of view and lastly uh, reflect recognize and reward so learn from our challenges learn from our mistakes learn from our failures so 
if something does happen and it is a setback and you need to find a way to bounce back, take that time to to process it, what it is that threw you to the floor because next time it turns up it won't because you'll have learnt from your mistakes. And then pat yourself on the back because you got through it, because you're still here and you're carrying on and you're more resilient than were before. And I think a lot of us are more resilient than we give ourselves credit for because life's a bit shit in it sometimes I mean it's not all the time that's really that's that's proper pessimist life actually can be really good I am you know I'm I'm really happy I've got loads of stuff but there are things that just make you go oh god not this and you think this could and it feels like it could consume you all doesn't it that one thing but you have to sit and go nope this is now, this is happening and it will pass and it will get better and everything's going to be all right in the end and we're going to learn from it. So with the with the poorly child situation, I was asking the doctors, like, could I have done anything differently? Could I have, could, did, I, did I miss it? Did I, did I do something wrong? Did I make him poorly? Should I have brought him earlier? And everyone was like, no, you did exactly the right thing. You, you went to the out of hours GP, you went to your GP and you kept persisting and you knew there was something wrong and you got there in the end and, you know, and, and everything worked out okay in the end. And you sit there going, but oh no, but it could have been so much worse. And, you know, and you're like, you have to have a word with yourself, don't you? Because it, yeah, it could have been, but it's not. And we're here now and it's happened. So n- if there's a next time he gets poorly, like he like he did, and we'll I mean, get poorly, you know, kids do get poorly, adults get poorly. Um, I'll be able to go, right, I recognise those since, because this is the first time he's been sick. This is the first time he's been poorly in like the 10 months. He was ill at Christmas and he was quite ill at Christmas, but he he, he bounced back from it. So you go, ah, oh, he's, he's better. But actually he may have just had that lingering from Christmas and not been able to clear it because everyone's been poorly, haven't they, for a while and... But you do start questioning yourself when you become pessimistic about your choices and actually you have to ask yourself those questions and, and reframe. I've had to reframe how I was thinking about the situation. You know, could I have done anything differently? The answer is no. So I am said to the surgeon, can I prevent this from happening in the future? And they've gone, no. It's just we don't know why this happens. Some children's inner ear goes to the mastoid bow, some don't. Uh, and then when I've actually Googled it and done the research about, you know, it's, it's, it's a really small percentage of people that have that happen. And it just, anyway, and he actually said over the weekend there was probably about four kids that came in with the same thing. So there's clearly a bacteria somewhere at the minute that's affecting people and it comes in fits and starts. But I've had to reframe that and, it's, it's just been a, a, at one point I remember just sitting there thinking, I don't know, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't, and I, and I've got Bruce going, it's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. And he is, he is now, he's fine now. But then that made me think about the other people sat around me that with kids who are, have long-term health conditions, that adults that have got long-term health conditions, people that live like, that every day back into from hostel, people that, you know, have extreme stresses at home and stuff. You from outward outwardly you might just tip over. You know, you might have that one thing happen to you and you've you completely lose it in work. But work don't realise what's happening at home because you haven't told them. Um 
for whatever reason you don't tell someone and I think that helps that that doesn't help because you you look like outwardly oh well they've not got very much resilience in themselves but you've got as much as somebody else you've just been walking a tightrope for a bit longer so yeah so so basically to sum up resilience is good if you don't have it you can lose your pink (laughs) to get it you can get pink back and there are ways around doing it there's loads of research out there about how to how to be resilient and, and things to do to get your resilience up um and there's lots of there's lots of stuff to do with psychology because it's to do with stress, you know, and stress is bad. I mean, some stress is good. We do like stress, don't we? Some of us do. Adrenaline. But the um but how do we you know, how do we go about making ourselves better at life and how do we help ourselves carry on? Because it's 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 just it's tough, isn't it? So I have a feeling I may have now waffled for, oh, what are we on, 40-odd minutes. And I bet you can tell how tired I am. And we can now breathe a bit. And I feel like I am more resilient than I was before. I mean, I don't want to go through that again. That would be horrendous. But there are people out there going through this every day. And they are amazing and have so much of this in abundance because they have to because they're forced to so I think it's really important that you are kind to yourself that resilience isn't used against you that the word or you know not use it in an unkind way that you're not um people making that assumption that you're not resilient when in fact you are you're just carrying a lot already so yeah I think we'll leave it there so we've looked at um why it's important what it is why it's important and how to get better at it and i hope that's been helpful um i hope i've not chatted on too much i think i have um oh just so i hope whatever you've got planned over the next week is wonderful and i hope you are starting to get your pink back i am off to the gym tomorrow I meant to do it last week. It was meant to happen. And then he got sick. So, you know, it's the same as we'll start again on Monday. But we're, me and Bruce are starting again on a Thursday. So we're going to start off with some consistency and some exercise. And I am going to go away and write a list of my strengths. So I'm going to do these actions that I set out for you guys to do. So I'm going to write my strengths and I'm going to have a look at the six steps. So... I hope your week is wonderful and I hope it's filled with fantastic things and thank you for listening. If you could like and subscribe and share this, please, that'd be wonderful. Um, Yep, have a wonderful week and I shall see you again next time. Bye!